Beyond Synth 382. You're listening to Beyond Synth Radio. And so am I, because it's awesome. Coming up, Andy Last interviews the best artists in Synthwave. Beyond Synth is next. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, and today I am catching up with Color Theory, and uh, we're also gearing up here at uh, the show for Andy's Playlist Warehouse. I'm still trying to figure out the name. All December, I'm getting through all the songs I didn't get to during the year for whatever reason, and we're going to be taking calls from the awesome listeners and Beyond Synth supporters, and so this is probably going to be the last uh, interview show. And then uh, we're going to go into just listening to lots of music and talking to lots of cool people. And uh, hopefully that'll uh, bring you lots of listening enjoyment in the month of December. But I know I shouldn't promise anything because if I say that, then all of a sudden my fucking computer will blow up or whatever. So anyways, look, I just want to say two things. Number one, uh, if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it on Patreon or you can go to beyondsynth.com and click on the PayPal button and uh, donate that way, which is cool. And Uh, I would like to say that uh, Boris has upgraded his support. So thank you very much, Boris. You're a cool guy. It is sort of a weird upgrade because it's now been converted to New Zealand dollars. And so then I had to do some math in my head and I'm like, because I get confused when people donate in their own currency. But anyways, the point is Boris is cool. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I I appreciate it. And then uh, Tron Travolta has also upgraded his support. Tron Travolta's a cool guy, and maybe we'll chat with him during the Playlist Warehouse stuff. So thank you both very much for supporting the show and upgrading your support like cool people. Before we get to Color Theory, I was chatting to Power Rob, and he mentioned that he had this new song coming out that he did with Miami Nights. And I thought, uh, well, how about you come on the show, and we'll just do a little quick catch-up for a few minutes, and we can play the song. So that's exactly what we're about to do right now. So let's go chat and have a quick catch-up with Power Rob. So I'm here now. We're going to do a little quick catch-up with Power Rob. He's got this new song that uh, he did with Miami Nights. So let's uh, let's talk to Rob all about it right now. Hello. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing okay. How's your life? Not doing too bad. <laughs> Just uh, working on a lot of material. And um, I was at uh, the Deep End Studios tracking a uh, another cover I'm working on. It's uh, Taylor Dane's Tell It To My Heart. We sh- we're close to done. What studios? Uh, the Deep End Studios. It's in uh, around Baltimore. It's with a guy named Tony Corelli. Really awesome producer. He's the main guy I go with usually these days. So it's he's working the knobs while you're singing? Is that what's happening? Yeah. Uh, my main thing when it comes to music is I can arrange stuff, track vocals and whatnot, but this guy, in terms of patching, mixing, engineering, 
Uh, he really is just a wizard in all those areas. This guy's awesome. He's got a brand new studio. He just opened up, actually. Uh, the old place was great, but uh, this one, he, like, built it himself. I think it's got, like, 11-foot-tall ceilings or something like that, but it's definitely pretty impressive stuff. Guy's awesome. So, look, you got a song you guys are putting out in a few days, and uh sounds good, so we're going to listen to it, but you want to, like, set it up? Yeah, yeah. Miami Nights and I worked on a Christmas song last year called This Christmas, and we really hit it off, and uh, we wanted to work on a kind of more uh, traditional uh, kind of smooth synthwave song and he definitely delivered. Uh, it's one of the chillest arrangements I've worked on. One of the goals was to make the vocals as appropriate as possible. Very smooth kind of stuff. You also get to hear him shredding a bit on keys at the end of it. It's a, it's a really welcome surprise. Dude really knows how to lay down a solo. It's definitely something that uh, it's probably one of the best night driving songs I've been on is the way to put it. Yeah man well how about this? Let's listen to it and then I'll hang up on you We'll, okay. <laughs> we can have a few words after the song. Sure. The track's called uh, Restless Summer, and it's uh, by Power Rob and Miami Nights 1984.
And that was Restless Summer by Power Rob and Miami Nights 1984. And I'm here with Power Rob right now. We're doing a quick little catch-up. What else? Has anything gone on in the past year that is exciting to you? In the last year, uh, my rock band, Thrill Killer, uh, we got to tour with the Proto Men, which was a blast. Those guys are uh, wonderful to perform with. We got to uh, open for Steel Panther and Megatronics, my synthwave power metal project. We got to play Neotropolis for a second time. It's a giant cyberpunk festival in the Mojave Desert. It is an absolute blast. They build an entire like Blade Runner city in the middle of the desert. They have two giant platforms that all the acts play on. Uh, we got to do that. Um, we have a new song that just came out with um, Retro Synth Records, uh, Hell or High Water. It's been a busy year, but uh, those are probably some of the highlights, I'd say. How many side projects do you have? Right now, we actually just made an announcement for Thrill Killer. That, for a while, was my main project. That was like rock mixed with some funk, synth, stuff like that. Uh, we're doing our final show. We're hanging it up on January 26th. The members and I will still be working together. Uh, the bassist and guitarist are joining me on my live Power Rob band. And Robbie, who is the drummer of uh, Thrill Killer, he's also Dark Rob of Megatronics. So not exactly a complete breakup. Um, we just felt that having Thrill Killer at this point, we were just getting a bit too busy. So right now, after January, it will be Power Rob and, and Megatronics, but currently technically three. This is all very complicated for an old man like me. There's so many things to remember. Well, it's it, that's part of what's happening, I think, with me, too, is I, I think I'm... I'm <laughs> I've <laughs> uh, been doing it for a little while now, and uh, three of them is just a bit much for me, too, so I feel you. Well, look, man, listen, it's a cool song that you guys made together. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Do you have any cool Christmas plans or New Year's or whatever? We put out this Christmas on New Retrowave last year, but we actually did not release it officially until just now. So this Christmas is now available on all stream platforms. It'll be on Miami Nights' page. Uh, we kind of did a bit of a, of a trade uh, I wrote on his uh, Christmas tune, and he then sent me the instrumental for this to put it on my Spotify. You know, I never really liked Christmas songs too much, and so I kind of viewed it as kind of a flex. I figured if I could write a good Christmas song, no matter how much I didn't like Christmas, it would be a decent songwriting achievement. Mm. Uh, I can name maybe two or three Christmas songs I like. Some are obvious, you know, George Michael. I'm one of the few that likes the Mariah Carey one, but there are fewer out there. I mean, Spinal Tap's Christmas with the Devil is kind of a banger, but for the most part, that's going to be, I guess, sort of the Christmas stuff in terms of music. I like that Paul McCartney one. Oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> But normally I fucking, I, I can't stand it. My wife loves it, so she's just, we're, we're one of those, like, families that I guess people get mad at because my wife starts the Christmas music at, like, the end of October. I'm so sorry to hear that. And gets uh, all excited and starts putting the tree up and stuff like this. Poor thing. It's just something I gotta live through because I hate that music a lot. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Yeah, you need to check out, if you haven't heard it yet, Christmas with the Devil is freaking, it's hilarious and it's also a really good rock song. If you got the sleigh bells out of there and you didn't make it, like, so you weren't, you weren't told it was a Christmas song. It'd be like, this is just simply a good song. That's kind of, in my opinion, how to make a good Christmas tune. Like, make a song that happens to be a good tune. Slap something about Christmas on the title or something, and you're good to go. When I got asked to do the Christmas one, uh, I just got done doing a... Um, a kaiju-themed uh, heavy metal opera that was uh, staged in the area. I was playing the anthropomorphic Godzilla character, like, destroying cities and stuff. And then I was like, you know what would be the next best thing after wa laying waste to all these innocent people? Writing a Christmas song. Wait a second. Did you wear a costume? Sort of one, yeah. It, basically, we played the avatars of the kaiju in it, and then to the side they had these, uh, these elaborate, like, puppetry with, like, buildings and stuff. I would still destroy things on the main stage as I was interacting with the other kaiju and stuff. I actually thought I was going to wear, like, the gorgeous outfit. 
I was like training and everything using neoprene. I thought I was going to be like sweating like crazy in that thing, but um, but it was fun being a 12 year old on stage and destroying a bunch of um, cardboard buildings and accidentally hitting members of the of the uh, crowd with them and stuff. And wait, so was it just you and you just had like a Godzilla hat on or something? No, nah, basically it was like again with the Avatar thing. Like my guy was dressed up like this over the top biker Yu Gi Oh villain. And, like, I was perceived as the villain to the other kaiju. Like, I would just show up, destroy a bunch of buildings, and beat the crap out of kaiju. I had to have my hair dyed red. Once you see it, it makes sense. But, yeah, definitely a lot of me stomping around with big boots and uh, delivering a bunch of cheesy dialogue. And well, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it was a blast. Well, listen, man, it's nice uh, catching up with you, and I hope everything's cool. And I guess we can expect some cool music in the new year. How about that? You got it, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, cheers, dude. Have a good one. You too. Thanks. All right, and that was my quick little catch-up with Power Rob. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed uh, the, the new track. I think it's pretty cool. And now, we're going to go chat with Color Theory. So before we do that, let's listen to a Color Theory track. So I thought we'd listen to this one, uh, one of my favorite tracks from his album Mages. Uh, it's called The Next Thing. So uh, let's listen to that. And then when the song is over, we will be catching up with Color Theory. So this is The Next Thing by color theory.
Meets. Well, look, we're catching up with Mr. Hazard himself, Color Theory. How's it going? It is going very well. Thank you. How's life? I mean, right now it's it's basically summer. Um, I don't know when this is going to air, but it's not summer. It's summer in Huntington Beach. It's like I even uh, did the conversion for you. I think it's like 26 Celsius. It's like 76 Fahrenheit here. And then there's a fire which um, is making the air basically poisonous. Mm. So It also warms things up. Well, it feels like it, but I think it's the Santa Ana winds blowing the offshore air that's from inland that's, yeah, that makes things really hot and just, so it's, it's really odd. And I, I mean, whatever, I did, I did like a bike ride this morning and then I got home and I couldn't breathe and I had to do my inhaler. And so hopefully my voice doesn't sound like I've been coughing all morning because I have. Do you have an air purifier in your home? We have central heating and I've got like a HEPA filter for that. So Mm. I guess it kind of hits all the rooms but who knows how well that really does i bought a cheap one off amazon for like 60 bucks when we had like wildfire air Mm, yeah i only really turned it on once or twice so i don't know if it actually did anything because i i sort of got it at the tail end of the bad air you know what i mean like for some reason amazon delivers things really fast except (laughs) when when everyone wants the same thing from amazon yes yeah. It was really hot for like a week, and I'm like, you know what? We need a fucking window fan in here because we don't have AC. And same, same, yeah. I ordered a window fan and then got one of them. Oh, we'll let you know when it's going to be delivered. I'm like, that's not the normal email I get. <laughs> And they never let me know, and I had to cancel it after like a month. And I still wanted a window fan, so now it's just gonna it's gonna sit there till next summer. Yeah, well, I mean, they they definitely really work because I've had days where my allergies are going wild, where I'm just like in the bedroom with the air cleaner on full blast, and it I don't know, I don't think it's all in my head. It like really makes a big difference, but you know, with the, the whole house thing, I don't know, and it's my fault for going out and. <laughs> smoke right i mean i smelled it right when i got out there but i'm like screw it it didn't look like the horizon wasn't brown like it sometimes is Mm. but you've got like snow up there right by the way my daughter is there right now at my house yeah well (laughs) i gave her the address i mean i don't know if she stopped Uh but yeah no she's uh she was in toronto and then she went to somewhere north of montreal and then now she's in montreal for a model united nations conference what country is she being you know i didn't ask this time Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I do know. This is really weird because normally, right, you are a country and it's some important policy thing, but she is supposed to be a hockey player. Yeah, it's really random. So it's not a normal, obviously, a normal United Nations committee. It's really an oddball one, but... Are are those the same sort of things when, like, kids in in law school do mock trials? Like, is that what Model UNs are about? Yeah, exactly. And and my daughter is actually the... um, the student teacher now so she's a senior in high school and she teaches the freshmen that come in and so what you do is you are assigned a committee and a country mm. and so maybe you're you know bangladesh in the council on human trafficking or something and so you'll need to research specifically what your country's policy is in regard to that and a the example I just gave you, I'm sure there probably is none, but, and then you go into committee with a whole bunch of other schools and hopefully pass some sort of resolution to resolve these issues and they give awards to the best delegate. So do all the, when they're handing out countries, are all the kids like, please be sweet and please be sweet. Like they just want like an easy country that doesn't have too many problems. Actually, you know, 
Well, it depends what kind of student you are. Yeah, if you want to just kind of lay low and not do anything, sure. But a lot of times, I mean, you're really pushing to be like the U.S. or Russia or somebody. Somebody on the Security Council is usually you. You are kind of deferred to more by the chairman, oftentimes, and get to speak more. And then speaking more generally leads to more awards. So, but it depends on your disposition. Oh, I guess that's a point. Yeah, I feel like I would always just want an easy one, so I didn't have to say anything. Like, can you imagine you go to Model UN and then they're like handing out what countries, and then you get fucking like Israel or Palestine or something <laughs> you just be like oh shit well I mean that's kind of uh, Palestine's not in there but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess it's just for countries right <laughs> but uh, yes getting assigned Israel in a Middle East conflict type of thing yeah you're gonna get a lot of attention and it could be a very important role and normally that would be something you would vie for yeah I mean I was in this in high school and that's how both my kids actually were in it because that's kind of one of the premier programs. I think it's really good. To, I mean, not that I'm good at speaking because I hold myself up in my studio and don't see other human beings, but mm. for them, like, it's really good to get that exposure to public speaking. And yeah, and do, some people do hide. I mean, some people do just go to committee and sit there the whole time and not say anything, but I, yeah. I just... What's the point? <laughs> Those are my kind of people. Yeah, but then you get an F and then you drop out. And the thing is, like when you take Model United Nations, you are taking that in lieu of the other class that you would have. Like that could be geography or economics. I don't know, whatever. The normal like social studies type thing you would take in high school. MUN is like fills that slot. Right. And then they also have to teach you the economics or whatever. So in other words, you would not opt for MUN if you could just, you know, take the normal thing and do well and not have to speak. Right. But you don't have to speak if you get to be the Netherlands or whatever. Well, that's the funny thing is sometimes Haiti it turns out to get, you know, win best delegate and they're like super active on some topic that has nothing to do with them, right? Just because that student so that's where it gets a little bit unrealistic, I suppose. It's like a movie where the music swells and some person gives like an impassioned speech, except like the character has nothing to do with the plot. Like, yeah, your beautiful speech, Denmark. Exactly. No, that sums up the MUN experience pretty well. You did this when you were in school? I did. I did in high school. Yes. I was not a star, but I wasn't the worst either. So the teacher, Mr. Ace, who has since retired, mm. was the highest paid teacher in the district. And he literally sat in the back, drank coffee, and read the paper <laughs> while the student teachers taught the class. Like mm -hmm. like I mentioned, my daughter's doing that now. He did nothing. I mean, he literally did nothing. He just set up the program. And he did not think very highly of me. We had a trip to Georgetown. That was our big three or four years leading up to that. And my partner for that conference didn't actually show up on one of the days and we got the gavel which is the highest award and then Mr. Ace went straight to my partner and said oh great job Robert you really you know knocked this one out of the park blah 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 didn't say anything to me and of course I was the one who did everything because the guy wasn't even there so this Mr. Ace sounds like a real piece of shit well I, I did not do much to distinguish myself I guess in class so I don't know it was an interesting class like we read Hunt for Red October mm. I think we were duck and covering for nuclear attacks during that time and so Hunt for Red October was, uh, I don't know, a big deal. Look at you, you old man. Old yes. man. Yes. Dude, I am really, get off my lawn is, is 10 years away from me now. <laughs> I don't want to go out. Like, for example, uh, my wife invited me to go to Hollywood tomorrow night because she got tickets to a show at the Amundsen. And it's a one-man show. And I'm like, okay, 
why do I need to see this in person and drive an hour each way? I mean, how is this better than Netflix? It's one person talking. There are no production values. Who's the know? man? I don't know. I, I don't. I had never heard of him. I guess it's a it's a Jewish comedian. I'm just going by what she told me. There's a there's a few of those. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, <laughs> something <laughs> something has to distinguish it from stand up, right? Because I mean, to be does he have a beard? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know, but somehow it's not a stand up routine. It's a one man show. You hmm. tell me where the where the line is there. Uh, it just means there'll be some humor, but then there'll also be poignant moments mm. where he talks about the death of his father and other things like that. You know, you're you're probably right, and I you know I could be missing out, but that's me. Like I'm just so grumpy about it. And every time I drive back from L.A. in the middle of the night, they decide to close the freeway mm. or they narrow it down to one lane because they figure it's three in the morning and who's driving at three in the morning. But of course, people are. And it's an extra hour wait when you're already asleep. It's just, yeah, it's too much trouble. I was just about to say, I'm like, why are you driving home at three in the morning? But that's just the hypothetical if you actually went to this show. Oh, yeah, I guess it could have just been 1130. But yes, I'm thinking of the olden days when I would be awake at three in the morning. Yeah. And we'd go to uh, <laughs> Before uh, before we get carried away here, this is some pretty fucking yeah. You can cut all that <laughs> in this in this spirited exchange because we're catching up, right? Because you put out a new album. Yeah, it's been a year. I looked on SoundCloud and saw that it's been a year since we talked last. Yeah, yeah, right. Because we were talking about anime and fruits baskets, if I recall. Right, and Matt Matson came on and told you the proper translation of fruits basket in the comments. I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, the point is, you you have this album. We'll, we'll listen to some tracks from it. It's called Underneath These Dying Stars. And uh, I thought we should uh, listen to the song Crystal. How about that? That is a great choice. All right, let's do it. And then we'll, be, and then we'll keep chatting. This is uh, Crystal by Color Theory. Thank you. 
up with color theory right now mr brian hazard who is upset that he went outside and inflamed his allergies <laughs> yes i am I'm, I'm deeply troubled are you super allergic no you know i'm not that bad and I, I wouldn't even call it allergies it was just well it was asthma just to add another mm. diagnosis just from the smoke it's this edwards air force base it's like a really old military base and I, they don't know how the fire started but they're just going to let it burn and it's going to take a few days i guess it's a really really huge structure and i guess it's so old and it's all wood like the firefighters can't go in because it could collapse at any time hmm. and so they're just letting it burn so we're sucking it in here in southern california wait you have asthma yes how did you find out you had asthma well not not by seeing a conventional doctor unfortunately because my parents never did that but um i would always be sick two extra weeks longer than everybody else was mm. coughing and getting crap out of my lungs mm. i think it basically went i got married and then for the first time had health insurance and then went to see a real doctor and got a diagnosis and an inhaler and that was that it's like oh this worked and suddenly i could breathe and not cough stuff up and it's not really a problem it's kind of mild for me now but cats destroy me <laughs> seriously cats and colds and that's it otherwise i'm fine yeah okay sorry i was just i was asking because i know someone who's coughing all the time and they're mm -hmm. they're not a smoker and it just made me curious about asthma yeah and then i realized i don't know much about asthma 
If you want to make an asthma diagnosis without seeing a doctor, I can tell you how to do it. You can buy a peak flow meter. Have you mm-hmm. seen these like on Amazon? You you blow as hard as you can and it tells you the volume that you blew out. So you get a peak flow meter, you blow in it three times, it takes the average score, then borrow somebody's inhaler and do two puffs of inhaler, wait 20 minutes, do it again. If you do better the second time, that's a hint that maybe you know, the inhaler's working and open, opening up your bronchioles and that maybe you do have some sort of restricted airway. What the disease. hell is in an inhaler? Uh, albuterol. Albuterol. Yeah, I mean, if you open up the little pamphlet, it'll show you the chemical composition and that's about the best I can do. Albuterol. Yeah. Have we had this conversation before? <laughs> I feel like... I don't think so. I think this is... I'm kind of a medical junkie, so I mean, this is definitely something I'm comfortable with, but I'm not sure it's of interest to your listeners. But Nothing is... No, d- um, d- believe me. <laughs> I've stopped caring what is interesting to my listeners, all right? <laughs> I'm done good. with it. Yeah, all I right? think this is, this is fresh ground for us. <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, this is now fucking beyond buterol, okay? That's what this show is going to be called. <laughs> well, yeah, it's potent stuff. Asthma chat all the time interspersed with the <laughs> synth pop. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, no, wait, wait, why did you... <laughs> you worded it in a funny way when you said why you didn't do that when you were a kid. Are your parents like naturopaths? Yes. Uh, not That wouldn't have been the word to describe them. So I grew up in a very, I guess you'd say, alternative medicine mindset in my mm my home. So uh, my parents were Shackley distributors. You probably haven't heard of Shackley, but you probably heard of Amway. Does that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Amway has more like cleaning products and stuff um, than maybe pills and Shackley. Shackley has both, but they were a little more focused on the pills. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's multi-level marketing. And so what they would do is they'd have maybe 30, 40 people over for a meeting at the house. And of course, you're trying to get them to sign on below you to sell products. And then you get a portion of the profits from those products. And people would complain that like the calcium is too chalky and too big. You can't swallow it. And so what they would do is they'd have me come out at like age seven and take just this monstrous handful of pills (laughs) and... And down it in one gulp. And Sorry, I would not do funny, this. Not funny. Sorry. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny. I, I mean, mean, you're alive, so it's funny. <laughs> well, uh, okay, but well, uh, more on that later. But so mm. those weren't just random pills to demonstrate, you know, the viability of, of being able to swallow these things. It was, I would literally take 40 pills three times a day. They had me taking everything. And I used to faint. I used to have fainting spells and my parents told me it was because now we were in Toledo, Ohio, which isn't too far from you. There were like diesel cars and stuff back then that that maybe it was just air pollution that I was had some reaction to, but I don't think so. I was pretty messed up as a kid and then as an adult not taking vitamins, I'm relatively healthy other than the aforementioned asthma. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that kind of kind of mess me up did they just want to live in like the future world and just have pills instead of eating food or yes so (laughs) uh, uh, yeah no essentially yes (laughs) no my my dad would always tell the story about how he used to come home every day in front of the tv and drink a liter of pepsi and uh, eat a big bag of chips you know this is the the before story right and then after shackley he's lost x many pounds and he's so much healthier and blah 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 but yes it was all about the pills and there was a pill for everything and and my uncle was actually an md and he did stuff in his clinic that i was a guinea pig for like iridology where they would study the iris of your eyes and be able to say oh you're 
left kidney is inflamed because they can see some pattern in your eye. I got intravenous vitamin C. When I'd get sick, they would drag me there and I'd just get vitamin C in my vein, which may have a little hint of proof to it, but homeopathic remedies for everything. Well, at least you know those can't hurt you. Yeah, no, that's that's true. But I definitely have stuff. <laughs> Unless drinking water hurts you. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, but no, they had a, a homeopathic specialist, and that was his whole job at the office. Was wait, hold on here. So you're both your parents and your uncle. Yes. <laughs> That's how we ended up moving to California, actually, is this uncle who was an MD and ran this, what now we would call alternative medicine practice in California. He was just, you know, living the the dream out here. And we came to visit and I guess my parents loved it so much, we bought a house and stayed. And so that was in first grade. So yes, I think through that contact is how we got involved in in that kind of world. My mom was always into like new stuff every year, you know, magical things and (laughs) potions and such, but she wasn't the dominant force of like what I ate or whatever, you know, because like she didn't live here. Okay. So it would just be like, oh, you go visit and she's like, this month is recce treatment and this month is crystals that you move over, whatever. This month was blue-green algae or whatever, like just all these phases of nonsense, but it wasn't part of my diet or anything, you know, because it's just like, oh, that's my mom up to okay cool that's good yeah and and, i mean you see that stuff in the in the uh, community and the um, aromatherapy and the essential oils and yeah the thing is there's always something new and if you ask the same person you know hey five years ago you were you know big on the essential oils what happened to that there's never a good reason why something (laughs) that cures all your illnesses goes out of style like it should still (laughs) work right that's yeah. a good way to put it. Just like, this is the most amazing thing. It's just like, yeah, it's just not that cool anymore. Like, No, that, it's lost. Isn't it like a too. magical thing? Like, Well, and, and all those things. I mean, I, ha- I had a, you don't even want to hear about that. Yeah, I'll just leave it at, I've had a lot of treatments as a kid. I guess maybe I always just find it fascinating because my parents were divorced to like actually just have two mm. parents that like get along and like like the same thing enough to go in on some weird multi-level marketing thing. Yeah. So in some ways it's nice. <laughs> it's like, hey, look at like, they like the same thing that's cool yeah that was i mean it it was a cool business honestly they like every two years they got a new car it was called a bonus car if you were a shackley coordinator which is a certain level you have so many people below you Mm. so i mean i guess it it allowed them to buy the house and mostly pay for it but my dad went on then to open two computer stores and that's kind of how i got into computers but shackley was a big part of my youth well i mean it's um <laughs> You know what's ironic is before this interview I had a little note like prepare for interview and then I like looked at the task and I said no I just checked the button. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair I didn't give you anything to prepare for so that's, No of course of course not so I just think it's funny yeah I'm I'm well, listen, it's all very interesting. It's also sort of serious. So it's like, you know, I I have <laughs> lots of questions, but <laughs> some of them are like, <laughs> but look, we'll, we'll listen to more music and then we'll come back and chat some more. There we go. Which one should we listen to? How about If You Want Me To? That one's got like a nice catchy chorus. Yeah, that's, that's quite happy and bouncy relative to what we've been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being a a childhood guinea pig to some wacky parents. Yes. Let's listen to If You Want Me To by Color Theory.
nothing at all to fear I'm immortal And I can move mountains Delirious but was Color Theory with the track If You Want Me To. From the album Underneath These Dying Stars, I'm here with Mr. Color Theory himself, Brian Hazard, right now. We're talking about Toledo. We're talking about multi-level marketing. Of course we are. (laughs) As as planned. (laughs) Hey, I got a question. Yeah. In this particular album, I noticed something as you started releasing singles, Mm -hmm. that you were sort of singing with a slightly different voice. Like you were sort of singing in like a little lower register. Was that a conscious thing or was that from breathing smoky air? (laughs) That was a somewhat conscious thing. Like on the track called The Serious One, I sang the lowest that I think I've ever sang. And I'm not sure I'll try that experiment again. But yeah, generally, I think my range expanded on the lower end. The other thing that you may or may not have detected on this album, but if you go back to earlier albums, it's a pretty stark contrast is I've kind of tempered down the vibrato you know like a lot of my earlier stuff sounds like a little sophisticated and almost like a broadway musically kind of 
sound. And I think that the vibrato can be a turnoff for some people. And I don't feel especially tied to it. I'm not sure it's a like a natural part of my voice. Like if I just let my voice do what it wants to do, if that is really much of a thing. So I've kind of shied away from that a little bit more. It's a little more straight tone. Well, I, I definitely noticed the fucking the, the voice thing. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I do this every time I talk to you. I like to single you out for some reason. I don't know no, why. No, I was. I'm awaiting a deep analysis of. Well, because of, yeah. we'll do it when we play the next song. Okay. Because you have this tendency, almost singularly, you of like all the music I listen to, like in and around the synthwave scene and stuff. Because I mean, obviously, you were making music before the synthwave scene, but yeah. you make weird choices, <laughs> but they grow on me. So there's other people whose music I'll listen to, and they do something weird, and I'm. I'm like yeah and i turn it off and i just get rid of the mp3 <laughs> yeah. and then sometimes there'll be some songs i listen to of yours where you do this weird thing and at first i'm like oh brian you know like uh, up to Here your old goes. tricks you know it's like when i watch uh, david lynch movies and he just does this weird stuff and it just makes me laugh because it's like oh <laughs> david lynch you know so you'll do a thing and at first i'll be like what a weird thing and then i'll just find myself wanting to return to it mm-hmm, good. for some reason it's you i don't know what it is about so in particular on this album we'll listen to it next musical break is the track death machine mm-hmm. you do this weird pitch bendy vocal thing in the chorus and when i first heard it i'm like what the hell is this and now it's like the song i've listened to that song a ton like that's probably like the song i've listened to the most on the album <laughs> it just got stuck in my head in this way and then i just kept listening to that song and i don't know why and but at first my initial reaction was what a weird thing here <laughs> but then it it became a it became a hook well good yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> one one quote that I keep in mind is the artist's job is to cause a reaction. So if I'm causing a reaction <laughs> other than deleting the MP3, I'm going to count that as a win. So cool. Yeah, I guess that's a good point, right? Because there is a lot of this, um, you know, especially in the synthwave scene, a lot of stuff. I mean, I talk about this all the time, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's very sort of samey and, yeah. you know, unremarkable. And so, yeah, so that stuff, I guess, is offensive in a way. <laughs> and then there's some people who sent me music with some vocals that are just so atrocious that uh, I do delete the MP3 in, like, anger. Like, I'm, like, mad at my computer. Like, this thing. <laughs> I, I have this thing. I mean, what, the, what I've always liked about your music, though, you have these nice, clean vocals and, like, the harmonies and stuff just sound good. Like, look, I got to listen to a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so I do get sent things and sometimes the the off-key nature of the vocals is shocking yes like shocking that someone would think that they could release it yes no i'm i'm very familiar as a as a playlist curator dude and off-key vocals hurt me yes so you know that that feeling you know when you're just listening and it's like getting a a probe with like an electric shock or something where i'll just be sitting there and all of a sudden the vocal just hits the wrong thing i'm just like like it's like that feeling of getting a tooth drilled or something like it's shocking and uh so i'm glad you don't do that (laughs) no no i well i try not to do that yeah the word i use when i'm curating the word that i like to use is disqualifying Mm. you know what i mean like something like that is it's immediately disqualifying and i try to be as constructive and nice as i can because i need to say things about it you know and to justify my decision but oh see i don't justify shit no you just delete the mp3 yeah i don't send people criticisms or anything like people send me things and i'll listen to it and if it's that shockingly bad (laughs) i sometimes i have to share it with someone like just privately like (laughs) just just to confirm again i'm always looking for the positive right so like when it comes to this show like when i hear uh, music even sometimes 
sometimes if a song doesn't start out great, I still will listen, you know, like several minutes yeah. in, like, but maybe the chorus is catchy or, you know, sometimes a song doesn't even have to be really well produced if it's got like a good melody and maybe some interesting lyrics or a good vocal or something like it doesn't have to be perfectly made for it to be like, oh, this is good. I see there's potential. And then there's just... <laughs> Some, yeah. some stuff that's just so shocking that if the person asked me, like, what'd you think? Like, I, I just don't even know what I would say. Or just be like, dude, like, what? do you not hear this? Like, <laughs> it's off. Like, sometimes I'll send it to other people, like people who sing, just to confirm. Or I'm just like, yeah. okay, like, these vocals are fucking off key, right? I mean, like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I know exactly what you mean, and I I can usually find something positive to say, whether it's so. <laughs> I liked your cover photo, <laughs> right? No, no, no. Well, actually, I I do go there quite a bit, um, but no. Sound, like sound design or like arrangement choices or you know maybe the lyrics are maybe there's a thoughtful line that I can single out that I really liked you know there's usually something but you know what's neat about submit hub is that they have an AI thing that will look at all of the critiques that you've gotten for a song mm -hmm. and we'll take the positive things out and assemble this little graphic that has highlight quotes so like I'll see on the internet like where I said something really nice about a track and they're like, they posted it on Instagram, but I rejected the song, but they took the nice part and then stuck it on a JPEG. So, right. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. I mean, I, I want to have a reputation for being supportive wherever I can and, and it is a challenge at times, but... Yeah, for me, it's just uh, if I play it, it means... I signed off on it. Yeah. That's my recommendation or whatever. And there was lots of stuff. Like, it's that magic of music, right? Like, when a song comes on, like, I, I've had, I just have, like, this playlist where I just take all the music that gets sent to me. And, you know, it's always magical when a song pops on and then maybe it pops on again. And I just like, what is this song? Like, I just need to know. <laughs> like, it's just that good. That does happen. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time it doesn't. <laughs> and it's just well, a lot yeah, of like, no. this is fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have definitely discovered some great music from curation and a lot of times it's not even the song itself it's that I'll get a track from an artist and they'll say that it sounds like bands x y and z and maybe maybe this track didn't kind of execute what they were going for very well but I like the direction of it and mm -hmm. I've never heard of band Y or whatever Yeah. so I'll look up band Y and then oh that's kind of cool oh they have like 400,000 monthly listeners and I've never heard of them let me send their album to my watch and then write my next run I'll, I'll check it out so yeah there's there's positive things to be had even from a poor listening experience I'd say look at you eh? you've been living in the future your whole life there you go fucking eating pills for you know whatever and then sending music to your watch yes that's the way to do it and that's the only like people <laughs> say like like my kids like I'm doing homework and listening to music I'm like how do you do that I can't I can't listen to something and do you know what I mean it just takes too high a percentage of my brain and maybe that's my musical training but i can't do anything else especially if they're lyrics but even if it's just instrumental it's very difficult for me I, I need silence well it has to be like that sort of zen music like there is some music i can listen to if it's just really slow like synth instrumental stuff like the meditation kind of music mm. but if it's too complicated then i just end up getting into it yeah not a bad thing because if i have a playlist of music i like then it just starts inspiring visuals and like music video ideas and stuff and so it becomes a distraction yeah no that sounds like a 
win-win though. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have that experience because, you know, even if it were synth ambient or something, I would be focused on the, like I said, the sound design, the, I don't know, is that ring modulation? Is that, you know, whatever. I just get it often my mind goes on a tangent and I'm listening to the song. Next thing I know, I'm not doing my work. No, I get it. If we talked about this before, but I mean, like, what do you do? <laughs> like, is music the thing? No, it is the thing, but that was like, that reminded me of Friends, like, with Chandler. Like, what, what do you... And he watches the weenus, you know, whatever. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that. Um, poor Matthew, R.I.P. Matthew Perry. Sure. But yeah, no, music is my thing. So essentially the way I see it or the way I've historically seen it is like a triangle if you will I will my music is kind of at the top of the triangle my own creations not just because that's what's most important to me but it kind of feeds into the other work I do so the other aspect of it you know I've been a mastering engineer for a quarter century and lately that has turned more and more into producing for other artists all the way from you know just mixing a completed track down to somebody sending me a voice memo and some lyric ideas and and my job is to take that now to a finished production so and i've been doing more remixing lately too which is all paid and that's that's kind of fun so there's the production aspect and then on the other i'm more on the lower right of the triangle now is uh is my promotion blog Right, So I write about my experiences promoting my music with different services or different strategies. And um, I do make some referral income from that sometimes. So all those things are kind of money makers, not big money makers, none of them. But they kind of combine to form what some might call a career. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. All right, that makes sense. It's just funny to talk to somebody over the course of many years and then go like, is there a key question I've never (laughs) asked? We probably discussed this. I say, today I'm all all tired. You know, uh, the audience didn't hear this, but before we recorded, Chester sat on the power cable and I had to reset some stuff. And um, But look, how about this? How about Let's it? listen to some smu- some some music is what I was about to say. Let's listen to some music and we'll keep chatting. Um, how about we listen to that track I was talking about, Death Machine? There you go. Because it's a cool song. It's by Color Theory, and we can talk about it after it plays. <laughs>
And that was Death Machine by Color Theory. From the album Underneath These Dying Stars, that's what we're catching up talking about. This album, we're talking about vibrato, we're talking about remixing and promotion blogs and uh, music watches. It's just an Apple Watch, but yes. With music on it. <laughs> so anyway, in this song "Death Machine," you do this thing in the chorus <laughs> where it does. I'm the, trying to think of what it is. It I don't know what you were. Thinking. Okay, yeah. Death Machine, na, 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 na. like that weird dip thing. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and when I first heard it, I just thought it was so weird. And then it just became the hook for me listening to that song. Yeah, that wasn't a standout decision for me, but it was interesting that it stood out for you. I just wanted to... So I'm a pianist, right, at heart. and <laughs> Penis. <laughs> yes. Continue. So when I'm making melodies, a lot of times I'll poke stuff out at the piano. And I really want to try to do some things with my voice that you can't do on the piano. I don't want to get locked into just singing straight pitches, right? Mm. And so just that little pitch bend, just remembering to do something a little bit more expressive that a piano can't do. I think that's kind of just what I was aiming for there. Well, I mean, it worked. Yeah, I like it. And I got to tell you about this song. I don't Are you familiar with AMVs? America's Funniest? No. That's no. AMV. <laughs> Uh, it's an anime music video. So some editor will take an anime and sync it to a song. Okay, yeah. And people like are really applauding the editor's skills, right? It's kind of like almost like a rap battle, <laughs> the way I see it. Like people get like seriously into like, oh my God, such a killer edit. Anyway, this guy, uh, Xenos, is a really big guy in the AMV scene and he did Death Machine as just a, as edit. It's less than a minute and he, he did it with Spirited Away. So just a really cool little snippet and that got like thousands of views and got a ton of people coming over to the original song and like commenting on it. It was really weird. But the weirdest thing is after he posted that AMV, like a ton of other people used the same song and did their own AMVs. So if you go on YouTube and look for Death Machine AMV, like there's a bunch of them. It's just this cool little culture that that I wasn't really a part of that are just all video editors and they think it's super cool. Well, hey man, it's always fun to get a new audience from some place you weren't expecting. Yeah, totally. And these guys are like super enthusiastic too. It's just, it's neat to have somebody come at it, not because of the genre, right? Like they wouldn't be able to name the genre. But they just dig the music and they came about it a totally different way. So, yeah, that's very nice. Doesn't happen often. I mean, uh, I'm always waiting for an audience myself. So, like, <laughs> it's exciting when I, you know, know people that have people coming in, like, listening to their stuff. I think that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. waiting for your deeper analysis of Death Machine, but that's the one spot that got you on that spot i was going to have a female vocalist do that part so that i would sing you know da da da, da death machine and then a, the female would sing the da 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 da, da, da that you were talking about yeah but i got feedback from another producer and he said no don't do that because all the synth parts you're not even going to hear her. like don't even bother and so i didn't i just did it me and i think it's fine but that was an opportunity yeah i always key in on small moments in songs that i believe are the key to their catchiness yeah. i mean like i don't necessarily have the musical education it's just a strong feeling you know like i'll i'll listen to a famous song and just be like you know the whole reason why this song is popular is for this literal one second thing mm -hmm. i sort of hone in on the thing that i believe is the the secret sauce or whatever you're probably right yeah but i wouldn't be able to necessarily apply that skill and like create something that would be yeah. <laughs> like for me it's usually the synth thing which is why i would always resent people who were like against keyboards and stuff mm -hmm. because i would yeah. listen to a lot 
lot of songs. I'm like, yeah, like this is like a fucking rock song, but you know this is catchy because of that synth thing that's in the background, that weird pad. Like that's I know like um, there's a song by is it Foreigner? There's one of their like famous songs, and it's there's just a synth thing that happens. That's like the catchy part of the song. It's like this sound. And to me, it's like, yeah, like, so everyone who listens to it is just like, oh, it's a foreigner. It's like classic rock. But I'm like, but the reason why this song is catchy is because that synth thing that comes in on the chorus line. <laughs> and it's not even a big deal synth thing. It's not a melody. It's just a weird sound. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I listened to this song, it was just that because that's what made it stand out. This weird pitch bend vocal thing that happens. That's the key, you know? The only song I can think of is I want to know what love is. And I don't think that's. <laughs> you know what? What is it? Let me let me look. I was glancing. Let me. They got urgent. Waiting for a girl urgent. like you. Urgent. Okay. I so d- urgent because it goes. It's like because he goes so urgent, and in the background there's a there's like a synth that just goes after the word urgent <laughs> i'm on wikipedia and i think that one stands out to you because it reached number one in canada hey there you go yeah. you know what though i didn't hear it until later in life oh okay um it was on the radio one day and it caught my eye because of that synth thing uh it caught my eye caught your ear yeah Fucking idiot. um yeah it caught my eye <laughs> caught my eye no because my wife always listened to the radio and i hate a lot of the music on there so it's just usually sure. really frustrating and then a song will come on every once in a while I'm like hey the radio is actually playing a song I've never heard before and Urgent does this thing was like so urgent in the background and it uh, it makes me happy yeah Did you like the new Depeche Mode album? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I did cover Ghost Again within eight hours of it going live. It's the best was, song uh, on the album. It's sad but true, yeah. I mean, that was a fun experiment that I don't think I'd ever do again. I don't know why I thought, like, covering songs is not the huge, like, breakout promotional technique that it used to be <laughs> where you know 10 years ago you like you cover something and put it on youtube and everybody's searching for the original and then they're like what's this and sure. they you know play your version now, now you get to contend with a million others yeah because two other bands i guess did covers the same day also parallax did one and i forget the other band so it's like the novelty wasn't there but i wrote a very long review of the entire album track by track not only about the songs but with the chord progressions so if you wanted to break out your guitar and sing along and you knew the chords you could just read my transcription and play it that was uh that was more effort than was probably warranted for the album but <laughs> i would say I, I liked it more than spirit and more than like delta machine yes and- you and i should do a depeche mode show sometime i feel like Sure. There'd be a lot to... Totally game. Yeah, I was thinking about that, because when this album, I will say... It's a weird album, but at the same time, a lot of the newer ones are. Yes. With the exception that I think Ghosts Again is the first single they've released in a long time that I actually go... You know, like, if I put together a playlist of, like, good Depeche Mode songs... Yeah, it made it. Yeah. Ghosts Again is like a... That's a good Depeche Mode song, right? Because a lot of their more kind of newer experimental albums, sometimes even the better song on it, like, you know, when you you're listening to some of the other new ones where I'm like, I guess wrong is the best one on this album. Like, yeah. you know, but it's still, 
ultimately is like kind of a weird song that I don't think I'd necessarily throw on a Depeche Mode playlist. Yeah. For me, I mean, my favorite stuff is still obviously like all the, the shit in the 80s and Ultra and like, I'm trying to think yeah, the 90s Ultra ones. Was, Ultra was, I, this is a this is a hot take, but I think Ultra is the best produced. I love Ultra. I mean, Ultra is awesome. Yeah. It's so clean and it's got home on it. And yeah, it's just, yes. I love it. Yeah. You know what? I forgot yeah. a song that I, because I, I think we probably bond over the, um, because, I mean, that's why I always thought about you or your vocals and your sort of song. They remind me of, like, the Martin Gore half of Depeche right, Mode. Right, right, right. Yeah. I used to always like his songs, like, on every album. The newer ones, not so much. <laughs> I still like it, but his that's the vibrato thing I was talking about. His vibrato is really upfront and a little off-putting, maybe, if I dare say. I like that it contrast from Dave Gaughan's vocals which mm-hmm. you know are obviously totally straight and baritone whereas Martin usually takes the tenor and is super vibrato but yeah it's gotten a little out of control for my taste so well he's also there's a few songs on this one on Memento Mori like so Ghosts Again is the best song for sure yeah and then there's other ones that really strike me as like this sounds like something that would have been on a Martin Gore solo album. Yes, it has that counterfeit too sound to it, and I actually really liked that album. I think my favorite song on that one was just the cover of Brian Eno's song. What the fuck? Um, or is that even on Counterfeit Two? No, maybe is that it's didn't. the original one. I like the what's the one about the river? Something. Dear God, let me look this up. I listened to that album. I remember when the first Counterfeit came out and Compulsion like was on K-Rock. I could not believe it. I told my my best friend, I, I go, you don't understand. This is like a dream come true to me. <laughs> I remember saying those words because the idea of Martin Gore having a solo album, right? And his were always the tracks that I liked the most. But then it turned out to be covers. Even though I didn't know any of the songs, it was kind See, of... See, I didn't either. Yeah. And then the one song I liked is River. River, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the one. That's yeah, that's my favorite about. song. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. And it, it's a Brian Eno song, I think. Uh, okay, you're right, you're right. I've heard since then is uh, never turn your back on mother earth i heard i watched that um sparks documentary on netflix and realized that it's a spark song mm. but i didn't know that yeah see i don't have like a huge encyclopedic knowledge i wouldn't have made yeah. a good record store dork same because like i only know what i know so yeah i didn't know that was a cover and but yeah because on memento mori i feel like there was a bunch first of all the fact that there's even a song called caroline's monkey yeah no that's just wrong on so many levels it's just yeah. not a depeche mode name for a track you know well, it's a richard butler name right because caroline's in pretty in pink caroline laughs and it's raining all day right and then i assume it's the same carolyn now because Richard Butler was one of the writers on the songs. Oh, okay. So that's what, I, in my detailed review, that's what I read into <laughs> So I've been so inundated with listening to Synthwave for the past like 10 years that I don't really go back to my old playlists much mm-hmm. of like, you know, mainstream music. And so I hadn't listened to just straightforward Depeche Mode albums in probably like 20 years. Like I just, Whoa. I mean, I listen to it every now and again, like just a song here and there, but not an album the way that I used to. Yeah. And I put on um, Songs of Faith and Devotion and I completely forgot about how catchy fucking uh, One Caress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's on my covers album. I love that one. And when I was listening to it, I'm just like, you know what? I bet you fucking, uh, <laughs> I bet you Brian really likes this song. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> just something about, like, I like the strings. Yeah. I just started singing along to it because I, I honestly think I hadn't listened to that song in like 20 years or something. Yeah. It just hadn't popped up. And then the second it was there, I'm like, oh yeah, this fucking song. I used to love this song. I used to listen to it all the time just because it was just like straight strings and like his vocals. Yeah. And that's the only one that I chose for my covers album from that album to to do you know what else i think is weird is you know the song rush yeah i mean is it just me or is it straight up about having a male orgasm I mean, <laughs> well probably it, I mean, it is like, no i mean yeah. it is right when i come up when i rush i rush for you i mean I, i've never analyzed it but i mean that's that's you know what's weird i'm not really much of a lyrics person <laughs> so when it comes to songs the only things that really bug me is if lyrics are stupid yes or derivative mm-hmm. but honestly if i don't understand them i'm fine like radiohead there's so many radiohead songs i like that if you ask me what's he saying i'm like i don't know yeah but like I like it and so I've never really I don't analyze things as long as they don't stand out and are, are annoying it's uh, what's what's the word is there a word for this where like you don't know you don't care unless it's a there's a problem I don't so as long as everything's like just moving along fine I'm good but the second there's a problem then everything just comes to like a fucking halt you know I'm just like yeah. what the fuck if there is a word I, I'd like to know it but I will give a pass on the lyrics unless something stands out as really stupid yes the first couple of times but then after that I've got to know what what he's saying, especially if I'm singing along in my head and I know that I'm not singing the right words. I've got to look it up. Yeah, I guess. I mean, my only concern is just like if a song turns out to be about something horrible, but usually like if it's like Mm. mainstream, it it won't be like, you know, you're singing along and you find out it's some like fucking (laughs) like white pride anthem or something. And like, oh, shit, have I been singing to this this whole time? Like. That, but it's just yeah, so catchy. That would be a problem. Yeah, for my my wife, if something is a true story, it suddenly like goes up a, a, a level automatically for being a true story. And I'm not that way at all. Like, because you assume like most artists are talking about their life to some degree, right? So there's kind of a true story built in there. And you're right, it can be uncomfortable. But I don't know. It's so easy now with Spotify. Like, you just click the thing and the lyrics pop up and there you go so it only affects me if i'm singing along and i and i Mm. feel like every time i get to a word like it it prevents me from singing along properly then i will want to know what it is yeah you don't want to sound like an idiot yeah (laughs) even if it's just to myself (laughs) (laughs) sure uh we keep talking but maybe we should uh listen to another track and then we should probably wind down how about this what's a track on the album that you like that you want people to hear i think my favorite although it may not be the most accessible, is The Darkness. All right, let's do it. This is the kind of like a slower paced one. Well, yeah, I guess this is our extension of our Martin Gore solo album type thing, but I hope it, I hope it's better than that. But yeah, no, I get it. That's, I mean, that's what I was thinking when I heard this one. So Hmm. that's, uh, (laughs) let's do it, man. This is The Darkness by Color Theory.
broken cars Let nothing change Underneath these dying stars Was the darkness by Color Theory from the uh, the new album uh, Underneath These Dying Stars? We've been catching up with Mr. Brian Hazard. Yeah, man. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Probably none of this no. you did want to talk about. Yes, so. no. I totally plan to talk about my parents and <laughs> my, my abuses as a, as a medical. You know, I'm so. sorry for laughing. It's just you know, <laughs> like when someone says something you're just not expecting. I just giggle. Yeah, and then I, no, I, I keep forgetting I how people. Um, Take that, because I just saw uh, someone left a comment on like 
I love when people comment on podcasts I put out 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, oh, this is weird or whatever. I'm just like, what, what? it's 10 years. What do you want me to do? Like, it's fucking 10 <laughs> <No>. years ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That. Yeah. I'll just cut um, that out for you. How about that? <laughs> so I know you don't normally talk like gear and stuff, but there is something very interesting for me anyway that's not like you don't have to be a gearhead to appreciate. Did but- you get that rolly keyboard with the cool song? In the ad? No. Oh. No, um, no, but I, you know, I used to, I did a couple promotions partnered with Roly. But this album and every album, all the way back to my Depeche Mode tribute in 2003, all the sounds were soft synths, right? Or piano samples or no hardware at all. And for the next album, and I've, I've got a couple tracks done. All the sounds come from this little box called a Syntact. It's like a little groove box that's 12 synthesizers in one. And it's a really different and interesting way to work. Like I did for this song that will probably be the first single I release um, early 2024 called Disappear. We were on vacation and um, it was so freaking hot that in the middle of the day, I would just go into the lobby of the hotel and work on the music. And I got the entire instrumental thing done on vacation. And it's just such a different way to work for me. And the sound is different too. Like I'm not one of those purist that thinks hardware is better just because it's hardware but like if you hit play and record it twice it's going to sound different like it's not going to be the same thing and like if it doesn't warm up properly like the synths it's weird like the tuning isn't right anyway it's cool what's this thing called it's called a syntact s-y-n-t-a-k-t it's a box by electron they have the dig attack is the more popular box which is like a sampler this is essentially the same kind of thing except it has four analog synth engines and eight digital synth engines like it's producing all the drums all the synths and it's just a really fun way to work and i think you know i mentioned that the job of the artist is to cause a reaction i think you will have a reaction hopefully a good one (laughs) when you hear this because it definitely sounds different you know like i like to do one album like if we go back to majesty of our broken past like I just kind of did that song by song. And then when I had enough songs that I thought were good enough, I released it as an album. Mm. And then Lucky Ago was a full-on concept album, right? I, I wrote like the whole thing at the same time in parallel. And then Underneath These Dying Stars was more, again, building up track by track. And I didn't know which direction it was going to go. And then it kind of came together. And there's three songs, by the way, that, that are on Patreon that I'm not going to release. Otherwise, they're just going to be patron exclusives that didn't really fit the theme so this next one is back to more concept again and i've got a concept in mind so anyway that's just kind of i i really enjoy this pattern of of maybe one album that's kind of focused on just songs and making the best songs i can and worrying about how they're going to fit together later and then going into like more of a concept album what made you buy the the thing so The last probably 20 years, I wasn't interested in hardware at all. And I started watching these YouTube channels. Like there's a whole synth YouTube kind of family. Bo Beats is one of the channels. This guy, Bo, who's just this really down to earth guy that reviews a lot of synth stuff. And seeing the way that you work on these boxes just got me really excited about it. Like I don't need the portability. I'm I'm at home anyway. I don't really like traveling that much. (laughs) 
<laughs> so like if you can imagine this, it's like a little lunchbox, right? And it's got uh, 16 keys, two rows of eight. And you can play those little keys like a keyboard, but they're not even touch sensitive. But what's cool about it is let's say I lay down some notes, right? I can go to the individual, they're called trigs instead of notes. So each trig and I can say, okay, I want this note to be panned over here and I want this note to even be a different, totally different instrument. Like I could have a flute sound and make the fourth note be like some weird drum sound. If Like that sounds random and it is, but that's the way, like it's just a totally different way of working. And I'm not poking anything out on a piano keyboard. And right, that's been my whole life has been the piano and, and understanding music through that kind of visual model right and taking that away from me and now having to kind of work blind well this is weird eh? this yeah it looks like a calculator yeah. slash midi sequencer or something it's yes it does not look like a synthesizer of no. all things much less 12 synthesizers which is what it is now can you connect a midi keyboard to it yes okay yeah it has midi in and out so i could just hook up a keyboard and play it normal but the fact that i can't forces me to, it just gets weirder ideas out of me that I would not have thought of. Mm. And I mean, part of it is is making mistakes as I kind of, like I, I really want to master this instrument. It's just a very, it's a completely different way of working. And like, I think the coolest part of the song Disappear actually came about completely by accident because I pulled up like the wrong sound or something or turn sub knob when I shouldn't have. And then it sounded really cool. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'll go with that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that. And what's neat too is like, so let's say I want to get it into Ableton. You connect a USB cable and there's something called Overbridge that you pull in all the tracks like at once over USB. So it's really, it's easy to get into your working environment because I'm still going to mix it in Ableton. Like I don't want to just take right. the output straight to the box and say, oh, okay, there's my album. I mean, certainly this thing doesn't have four modifiers to quickly trigger parameter settings, does it? <laughs> it actually does. Okay, but I mean... <laughs> You know, a box like this couldn't possibly have a 64-step electron sequencer, right? I mean... It's amazingly, somehow they, they did that, yeah. Son of a yeah. bitch. Yeah, that's the thing, is the electron sequencer, that apparently is all the hype right there. For a lot of people, it's not about the sounds or anything like that. It's about the workflow and something about the electron. The sequencer is magical, I guess. I wouldn't go that far yet because I'm not that good at it. But like I said, it's just, it takes me away from the visual model of a keyboard and forces me to do things in a weird way and to come up with some odd ideas. Like, here's another one. Like, let's say I, I create this cool drum groove right i can make each hit again it's called a trig have a probability so let's say i've got a 16th note hi-hat pattern and i set some of the notes to come in only 50 percent of the time then every time i play it back i'm going to get a different result or you can set it so that if you hold down the fill button like you get different results so if you got a groove and then you program it special just for the fills like a lot of people perform on these and I don't perform but there are a lot of performance features built in so you can kind of perform your song into Ableton if that makes sense mm. and again it's going to be different every time I could even do I'm not going to do this because it takes too long but at one point in my career I did this thing called the individual edition CD where the music I was making had random elements and so if somebody bought the CD, it was a hundred bucks. I would render down unique versions of each of the songs for them that were not like anybody else's. So that would be super easy on this box just by assigning probabilities to different trigs. 
you know, you get a different result every time. I think it's kind of cool. It's sort of like a randomized arpeggio, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and maybe not ironically, there's no arpeggiator on this thing, Hmm. which is an an odd omission, I guess, but... But that's my favorite thing. Yeah, it gets you working in a different way. So the whole point is you wanted a new muse, you wanted a new tool to sort of spark some excitement in your life, and you said, I'm going to go to (laughs) electron.se... And I purchase a, yeah. a thing that's outside of my price range. <laughs> I'm just seeing this in Canadian dollars. It was a little under a thousand, but actually they, they hold their value pretty well, so I wouldn't even advise. I bought I bought one used actually from eBay, and it took me a long time to realize that one of the LEDs was broken. It's like an LED that can show a bunch of different colors, like you've seen those. So the numbers light up red or green or purple or yellow, and it took me a long time to figure it out. But one of the one of the LEDs, the colors was missing. Oh, so I had to go through all this process with eBay. Like the guy wouldn't respond to my messages or my return requests. Anyway, I'm I'm just buying new from now on because that was just such a hassle, and I almost gave up. But I bought it from a company called Perfect Circuit out here in Pasadena. Oh, and nice, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I don't have an affiliate link, but that's a company that a lot of those synth YouTubers promote and do, they sponsor a lot of videos. So anyway, that is way off on a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. No, it's nice to know what's exciting people, you know, because a lot of time people just go like, what's exciting you? And it's like, I just got a serum preset bundle or something, right? What? So it's cool when you, you get a cool box with some knobs. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing where, you know, even though like, say you don't have the musical vocabulary to do maybe what you want, but you could probably come in and make some good beat oriented music, maybe with simple bass lines on that without any musical training. Then if you're going to add synths on top of that, then of course you've got to understand all the chord progressions and harmony and stuff. But I've been sent a lot of music from people that I don't think understand those things. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, man, it's time to go. I just, I wanted to have a quick catch up with you. <laughs> you're too long. Too long. Oh, sorry. You can edit it down. Yeah, that's true. I'll, just, I'll edit this down to list like one minute. And sure. I'll just be like, my parents gave me pills. And then like, that's going to be the whole right. thing. And then uh, call child protective services. And yeah. Like, no, well, it's too late now, right? It's been, can you do that for, uh, <laughs> retroactively collect uh yeah if they had any money it would be it'd be worth it but i actually spend a lot of time now caring for both of my parents they're divorced and they both have my dad has now advanced alzheimer's and my mom's having memory stuff and broke her shoulder a couple weeks ago anyway to end this on a light note (laughs) so yeah so they're not going to listen to this and and feel any remorse well i guess their insane vitamin shit prepared them for being old people who have to take lots of pills all the time you know what yes yes that (laughs) i went to see the neurologist with my mom yesterday and she asked me if my mom was averse to taking vitamins (laughs) 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 i'm like whatever you want her to take she already takes you know an order of magnitude more of whatever substance so you're good (laughs) just think of all the money like if my dad had no money for retirement if we just took that vitamin money bought like a central multivitamin instead and invested it in a 401k like you know he'd be in the best memory suite at the best assisted living in the country yeah but you know hindsight right yeah hindsight is 2020 there's a lot of things i'd like to go back and do better but it's too late (laughs) 
One thing is, when I moved away from home, I would go to my young self and be like, dude, you can't just keep eating these fucking burgers covered with, like, mayo and cheese every day. No. You're going to get a belly, and you're too lazy to work it off, and now, 30 years later or whatever. I hope you're checking your cholesterol, yeah. Well, everything's okay. Like, I think I'm relatively healthy, so that's, you know, it's lame, right? I should just, uh, now I'm continuing a conversation we were having before we hit record. Yeah, sorry, I'm going (laughs) to We were talking about dieting, and I decided I'm not going to hit record on this, but I hit record on all of this, so what does that tell you about my judgment? Yeah, I guess I'll let it go and not bring that back (laughs) up again. Anyways, listen, uh, people should go check out Underneath These Dying Stars. Uh, It's always fun to uh, catch up with color theory. You know, there's lots of music there. If you dig what you're listening to, and uh, Brian makes cool music and very interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank, you. thank you for having me back it's always fun and i like how we're to the point where every every topic that comes up you're like have we talked about this before so that's a good it's a good place to be and maybe we have maybe we haven't i don't know well listen you have fun with your fucking uh electron syntax i will i look forward to seeing what you come up with perfect with my eyes <laughs> well you'll like the cover art i'm sure <laughs> All right, take care, dude. All right, see ya. All right, and that was my catch-up with Color Theory. I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, now I'm off to start recording conversations with the Beyond Sense listeners and patrons. I'm going to start airing those as soon as possible. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And we got lots of music to listen to and lots of people to talk to. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So keep being cool. If you like the show, consider supporting it on uh, Patreon.com slash beyond synth and uh, I hope you have a lovely day and a lovely weekend and a lovely week and that's all I have to say so tune in next time to beyond synth beyond synth radio is produced by Andy last check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show beyond synth is made possible by listeners like you consider supporting beyond synth at patreon.com slash beyond synth thanks for listening <laughs>